Hey everyone, welcome to the direct path number 12. If you haven't yet, check out the other videos in this series. What we're doing in the direct path series is we are both recognizing the non-dual wisdom, which is that we are already it. There is nothing to seek. The diamond necklace is already around each of our necks. At the same time that we recognize the dualistic concession, which is that there is a mountain, there is something to seek, something to find, and someone to become enlightened. And that process eradicates suffering, it eradicates the contracted egoic energy that's trying to self-deal greedy achieving conspicuous consumption and other materialistic goals in maya in the intoxication and in doing so it liberates us that enlightenment liberates us it enables us to truly recognize the diamond necklace around our neck to truly become free and wise and unconditionally loving and peaceful, equanimous. And we point to the one end at the top of the mountain from all of these different faces, from all of these different paths, from all these different signposts in order to provide a really robust, comprehensive latticework around non-duality and the dualistic concession around enlightenment. And that way the audience, the viewers, you guys get to pick which signposts, which, which concepts, which paths, which faces resonate with you in your own process of both God realization as well as God actualization, which is the simultaneity of going inward and recognizing the absolute ineffable that we all already are, as well as the expression outward to be of the absolute highest morality, to weave like the tantric tradition, your profound realizations into the social fabric, into your daily activities, like Ramana Maharshi said with Sahaja Samadhi, or like we've been saying with the Goldilocks zone. Just like planet Earth is in the Goldilocks zone around the star, is the same thing with humans being in the Goldilocks zone with their enlightened realizations. So, in this one, we're going to explore the fascinating approach that really worked for me and will likely work for a good amount of people because it's very logical and it's very scientific. And because of that, it becomes more objective. It becomes easier for people to buy into. And then they can take the intuitive leap after this very objective scientific process. So let's go ahead and start that off with physicalism oneness. So this is what we mean by the very objective, very scientific. So here we are taking 20,000 breaths a day. And each one of these breaths depends on the photosynthesis that's happening from the phytoplankton in the trees. 
So 70% of the planetary oxygenation comes from phytoplankton and about 30% of it comes from trees. So each one of these 20,000 breaths that each of us take per day is coming from photosynthesis, planetary oxygenation. And so you would ask yourself, when does the oxygen molecule that I inhale that then oxygenates my body, when does that process become me? When does my oxygen molecule become me? When does the oxygenation of my body become me? What about when I exhale the CO2? When I exhale that, when does that not become me? When it leaves my lungs? And you can ask a very similar question with the 1,000 plus bacteria species that are in your gut. So the multi-billion year bacteria planetarily ended up finding a home in the GI tract of mammals, aka the human animal now. And there's an incredible symbiotic relationship that's developed where each one of those 1,000 plus bacteria species in our gut has 2,000 plus gene expressions. So that means there are 2 million plus total gene expressions that we are in symbiosis with in just the bacteria species in our gut. And so you might ask yourself, well, if there's 20,000 plus human gene expressions, so there's 100 times more bacterial gene expressions, you might ask yourself something like, well, where does the line begin to what this atlas unit is and where the bacteria is? Are they one thing? They're one thing. You can't draw a line between the 1,000 bacteria in a symbiotic relationship, the 1,000 species of bacteria in a symbiotic relationship with you. You can't draw that line. Another way to point this out is the same hydrological cycle that dinosaurs were drinking from 66 million years ago is what we drink from today. It's not like the planetary hydrological cycle has changed. It's not like over the last 4 billion years of planetary evolution that somehow the hydrological cycle got switched out for a new hydrological cycle. It doesn't. It's not what happens. It's all the same planetary hydrological cycle over billions of years. So you're drinking what has been drank by dinosaurs. What has come out from our urination is constantly being recycled as a planet into our filtered water that we then drink again. So where exactly is the line of separation between you and your water? So is this water me right now? Okay, how about now? What about now? So is it me now that I've swallowed it? Was it me when it was just in my mouth? Is it now me as it's going down my esophagus? When is it me? And so these are the questions you might ask yourself. Is where is the line of separation between you and the air and the water and the food you eat and the microbes that live inside of you? Where is the line of separation? Because once you recognize that you can't find a line of separation, that's when you recognize physicalism oneness. You recognize that, oh, all 8 billion humans on the planet are in a union, a yoga, 
hypnosis mysticism. We're in one union with the planet. We survive on the planet providing us with the air, the water, the food. So what sustains us is planet Earth. It's what we share. So it's the physicalism oneness that we recognize. That's a really profound leap. If you can scientifically, objectively recognize this leap to physicalism oneness from being an egoic, contracted, separate entity, if you can recognize it simply from the breaths of air, from the drinks of water, from the food you eat, and from your relationship with your microbes, that is profoundly advancing and augmenting in one state of awareness. You are piercing the veil more and more by just getting to physicalism oneness. Now, next up is this intuitive leap to awareness so once you get to physicalism oneness you will also recognize things like okay well if planet earth truly sustains all of us to that degree where there's no separation then let me look at the eyes of another subject okay now when you look at the eyes of another subject what will happen is you will look and you will see that the pupil itself is what is shared. That awareness or consciousness is shared. We all come from the same source. Whereas the iris is the unique coloration of each individual expression from that source. So each one of us has the diamond necklace that is already around our neck, but each one of those jewels is unique. So the diamond or the jewel is the pupil, whereas the uniqueness of it is the iris. And that's what refracts the source light as the artistic expression out into the dreamed creation design that this is. And so you begin making these intuitive leaps. You end up relaxing more and more back into your awareness because you recognize things like the very childlike analogies where you do things like recognize that awareness is pure, bare, and empty, and you make this juxtaposition. And then you recognize that that awareness is being colored by experience. And in this case, it's being colored by words. And in this case, it's being colored by art. And so you recognize that awareness is shared. This is what is shared. This is the pupil. And this is the iris. This is what is being colored as the experience onto the pure, bare, empty awareness that is shared. This is God, which we all are. God is the seer, as Ramana Maharshi said, that is being colored eternally by experience. And so you can think about this as the sky that is being colored by the clouds. You can think about this as the ocean 
that is being colored by unique waves. Here the waves are words, and here the waves are art. Here the sky is being colored by the clouds of words, and here the sky is being colored by the clouds of art. Also with technology, this can be thought of as your phone screen when it's locked and it's dark and black. And then this is when you unlock your phone screen and you begin browsing the internet or social apps and you get words and you get images. So we're undergoing this process of eternally being modulated in these dream creation designs. And it's a very intuitive leap to awareness. It's a relaxing back and back into this ever expanding state, like Rumi said, where you become more aware of awareness itself. You become aware that God is the seer. You become aware that reality is fundamentally consciousness-based because you can't experience a simulated dream without an observer and you can't experience a video game without a player. When you go to sleep at night, you sleep for a third of your life. And it's fascinating because all of these clues are right under our nose and they're very childlike and they're very explained like I'm five. You go and you simulate this dream. You simulate out this dreamed reality where you immerse yourself into the perspective of an observer or a witness in the first person perspective. And you're walking around in this dreamed simulation and experiencing it. And you never once think to yourself that, oh, that house that I just passed by in the dream simulation, well, it's probably still there, although I'm not even observing it anymore. Of course it's not. And that's the thing. To the people that are currently living in other countries around the world, they're experiencing their own formulations, their own simulations of those areas of the world that they're in. And right now, this Atlas unit is also in the process of forming a dreamed simulation around what California and Los Angeles and this recording studio is. Whereas they are not doing that unless they undergo the process of the all-inclusive awareness, which is a higher state of God realization, where it would be like they would be also simultaneously taking in their worldview and simulated dream perspective while they also take in the perspective that this Atlas unit is currently having. It's a higher level of God realization, an all-inclusive awareness across all 8 billion of the dreamed simulations that are happening here at the same time. And you can't have a video game without a player either. Anybody that's played a video game will tell you that while you're playing the game, you immerse yourself into the character in the first person or the third person perspective in the video game. And what happens is, is that you can't play the game without a character. It doesn't make sense. You can't play the game without a character. So we have to use consciousness. We have to use awareness. We have to use an agent of experience, an agent of a witness or an observer to immerse ourselves into these dreamed landscapes, into these simulated worlds, and then which are just the modulation slash fluctuation of energy as quantum mechanics is proving. And so there's an infinite amount of ways for the 
energy to be modulated just like there's an infinite amount of ways for music to be modulated just like there's an infinite amount of ways for you to take all of the different colors in the color wheel or in a color palette and combine them to make unique expressions in these realities and that's why science is recognizing cyclic cosmology as we have Sir Roger Penrose, who won the Nobel Prize in Physics in 2020, has a theory of cyclic cosmology. And that's why we have the multiverse, which means many songs. So it's not just the universe, the one song, and it's not just the observerse, what's observable, but it's the many songs. Because symphonies don't play one song. Symphonies play songs and songs and songs and realities, and realities, and realities. Those are the same thing. A song is a reality. A song is a dream. A song is a modulation of musical notes and silence. Just like a, a song is also a modulation of energetics that underlie all matter at a quantum mechanical level. So awareness is eternally being colored by experience. And... The way to recognize that, again, is to locate the sense of I. Ask yourself, what is I? And take your time with that. What is I? What is I? And then you recognize that the I is the observer. The I is the witness. The I is the consciousness. It's the awareness. And then you focus and investigate that directly. So investigate awareness directly, consciousness directly, the witness, the observer directly. Use these very friendly analogies where you recognize that witness slash observer that you're investigating as the pure, bare, empty awareness that is eternally being colored by the experience in these dreamed creation designs. And then you have things like the Hawthorne effect, which help a lot, which has a lot to do with accountability and observation, because when you are being observed by yourself, by God, because it's just another perspective of God observing God itself as you. So in this case, you as the audience are watching this unit, Atlas. And so this unit has a higher likelihood of being a God-realized mirror. And so when you're alone and there's no observation, when there's no Hawthorne effect, you have a higher likelihood to do something that is malevolent. You have a higher likelihood to do something that is egoic or driven by self-dealing. And that's why it's always beneficial to have something like high levels of accountability. And that's why people have accountability partners when they go and work out. That's why they have accountability partners when they go on fasts. That's why they have accountability partners with work. And that's why as an entrepreneur, as somebody especially that runs their own LLC, what happens is that it becomes really important for them to have the self-discipline to motivate themselves to execute because nobody else is holding them accountable. That's why partnerships can be beneficial because you hold each other accountable to execute. And so we have to take this intuitive leap to awareness, but a big part of that comes with understanding that finity, form, and time are temporary and not eternal truth. And so I've become obsessed with time to the degree at which I have purchased and will bring around this clock with me everywhere now. Because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get people to wake up to the fact that we 
put these squibbles on the interface of a circle and these symbols are now like a cultural dogma of hypnosis which say that the earth spinning on its axis and orbiting the star must be labeled this way and that's truth it's not it's only our temporary finite expression of what time is it's the way that we labeled it you can replace any of these squiggles any of these symbols with other symbols and you can have that be operating for millennia and then have people say that that is what time is and so once you are able to understand the illusion of time it helps you understand our eternity our infinitude and how this is just one finite expression of that this is just one finite form this is one song this is one modulation uh, at the quantum mechanical level of the energy. This is one modulation of the music, of the energy, of the artistic palette. And this is what science, technology, and engineering will probe soon because it's becoming more and more clear to us that we're planting flags that spirituality has known for a really long time beyond the edge of what science is proving and then science slowly works its way via hypotheses and the scientific method towards those flags and just proves what spirituality already knows so science will be able to validate eternity it'll be able to validate infinity very soon and it's exciting because it will wake us all up to the macro level nature of reality that is not constricted to the finite egoic expression that is what the cultural dogma and hypnosis has been beating like a drum into people's psyche upon their infancy. And so when you have an infant that never gets that cultural dogma and hypnosis beat into them at a young age what happens is they retain their infinitude while they also retain their unique creative artistic expression and that's ultimately the optimal education the optimal education like we're working on in our vr pedagogy and animated series and all our content is that the child from infancy retains the highest God realization inward expression of infinitude while it simultaneously expresses outward from the absolute highest morality. So it never undergoes the process of the parable of the prodigal son when it goes outward as an egoic separate entity and hits a breaking point and then has to turn inward. And because that breaking point is also ecologically disastrous for our planet as well. And that's what prevents the birthing of new infants coming in, portaling into the world and being able to experience it and have a blast in this dream. Because we are being extremely ignorant with what sustains us, a.k.a. the planetary ecology. And then you recognize that physicalism and awareness are one. So once you've taken the leap to physicalism, oneness, and then you've taken the leap to awareness itself, then you recognize that awareness and physicalism are one, that there is not two, 
And this is what non-duality means. This is what the synthesis of science and spirituality is. The synthesis of physicalism and consciousness. Observers need physicalism slash creation designs. We've talked about this earlier. That the video game needs the video game character. That the dream needs the observer. The observer needs the physicalism creation design. Just like the witness needs the dreamed landscape. And so the witness and the dream landscape are one. They're not two. And so we recognize that our awareness is shared from the same source. When you recognize that the awareness is shared from the same source, that gives you a awareness that we share our being, which is what love is. Love is the awareness that we share our being. And when you get to that point then you never commit malevolence on another because you recognize that it's just an expression of infinity that is actually you. I'm you, you're me. We're the same infinitude that is expressing itself, so I would never hurt you. And you begin engaging with the world from peace, joy, and love. So I am peace, joy, and love that is engaging with the world. I am not seeking peace, joy, and love. I'm not trying to extract peace, joy, and love from the world. And that's a massive shift because what happens is people say that I'm going to find a significant other that's going to bring me peace, joy, and love. I'm going to find a materialistic possession or money that's going to bring me peace, joy, and love. No, you are inherently peace, joy, and love that is then engaging with the world from that perspective. That's a profound shift. And the only problem is our resistance to what is. All suffering is resistance. Even when you're feeling something that arises that is maybe not the peace, joy, and love, and it's for a moment some sadness or some depression, as soon as you love yourself and accept yourself exactly the way it is that you keep riding on the crest instead of trying to fight it, what happens is, boom, it's right back to peace, love, and joy. Because you recognize how it brings a smile to your face that you recognize yourself as the sky that felt the temporary cloud of a moment of sadness. Because you have a meta-awareness, you have a meta-cognition, a meta-consciousness on the scenarios that are happening at hand. And so you recognize yourself as peaceful, unconditionally fulfilled presence awareness. This is already unconditionally fulfilled. It is infinity expressing itself. It's infinity exploring unboundedness. You can't finish exploring something that's unbounded. We'll never come to the end of all experience. We'll never come to the end of all phenomenology. We will never come to the end. And that's the beauty of this. We will always be playing Leela, always be the di the divine play, the cosmic play that is happening where we immerse ourselves into these dream creation designs and we veil ourselves. We forget what we are and then we turn back and we pierce the veil and we recognize our own true nature. And so in essence, physicalism oneness at first must be recognized. We have to recognize the physicalism oneness, the breaths of air, the water, the food, the microbes. Then it's recognized as simply a finite expression. 
So once you recognize the physicalism oneness, then you recognize, well, this is just a finite expression. This is one dreamed creation design in order to take the intuitive leap towards infinity, which is all of the eternal dreamed creation designs. And that's a profound shift. And you recognize that that awareness is eternal and it's being colored by the experience of the creation designs. And so afterward, one can integrate the energy that's modulating as matter as inseparable from consciousness. And that's the direct path number 12. So again, getting to a point of physicalism oneness which is the contracted egoic finite energy that relaxes into the oceanicness. Then the intuitive leap to awareness is when the oceanicness recognizes its eternity, its infinitude that is being colored by the waves of experience. And this really helps by locating the sense of I, what is the I? Meditate on that more and focus and investigate that directly. And then it's the recognition that physicalism and awareness are one. That the ocean and the wave are not two separate things, but they are one thing. And that is infinity expressing itself. And this is just one version of that. And this part's so important to engage with the world from peace, joy, and love and not trying to extract peace, joy, and love from the world. And that was a profound teaching of Rupert Spira that really augmented me a lot as well. All right, that's it. Direct path number 12. Hope this brought you massive value. I would love to hear from you in the comments below. Let me know where you're at. Also, like the video. If it brought you value, subscribe if you haven't. Also, share the video with people that you know this would profoundly influence. And also, feel free to join the membership on the channel. We have exclusive benefits and perks, and all of the finances end up going directly to the actualization of all of the dreams and projects that we have going on here. And that's all. Recognize the diamond necklace that is already around your neck. Go all the way inward to the God realization, to the absolute, to the ineffable, and then have that catalyze the Wu Wei effortless action of your unique artistic expression to architect the more abundant and prosperous future that we all know is possible. Adore you infinitely. Thank you.